You're listening to the Toolstation Western League podcast with Ian Knockholds and Tom Hiscott. Welcome listeners to episode 29 of the Toolstation Western League podcast with me, Ian Knockholds, and I'm delighted to welcome onto the line, it's Tom Hiscott, the editor of the Western League Bulletin. Hello, Tom, how are you? I'm very good. I'm very good, thank you. I um, I spent a weekend um, in uh, in Falmouth. Would you believe? And my my wife had uh, had uh, was taking me away for a mystery weekend. And uh, at one point we were we were travelling very close to Willand, okay. and um, uh, I did wonder whether the mystery weekend she'd she'd booked a romantic weekend for me to go and watch um, their game against Cray Valley, which I was very excited about, you can imagine. As it turned out, we were actually just visiting a National Trust property, and I, I, still, had, I still had two more hours to drive. <laughs> but, it, you know, it's the thought that counts. Um, and um, anyway, it would, have been, it would have been nice to have, uh, have watched the FA Vars quarterfinal. We, we will, of course, be talking about that very... Um, probably <laughs> within the next couple of seconds, actually... Um, but anyway, it was a it was a lovely weekend, and um, I didn't get to watch an awful lot of sport, but I did have a very, very relaxing time. Um, so so that was good, and um, uh, it wouldn't have even it wouldn't have even done me any good to have been at home in Devizes because because um, they got beaten at home as well. But I'm sure we'll be talking about that later in the podcast. Anyway, um, we'll um, we'll get into the uh, the meat and drink of this week's uh, episode, and uh, a few uh, a few games in uh, in midweek. Nothing particularly to write home about because um, the real news, of course, is the um, uh, is the FA Vars quarter final match uh, on Saturday, the twenty third of February, between our very own Will and Rovers and uh, Cray Valley. Another fantastic attendance for this one, Tom. But unfortunately, the dream is over. regular listeners will know that we've we've kept tabs on Willand in this season's um, tournament and uh, we, we our go-to man is Mike Mitchell the club's chairman and just to prove that we don't only interview when we're winning um, I've uh, gone back to Mike this week and had a chat with him about that incredible Vars run and what it's meant to the club Well Ian I mean 
is financially uh, good for any club. I mean, it, but this, it wasn't just the finances. It, it's something that I thought we might go all the way. Because of what we've been doing, we hadn't lost up until last week, until back in September was the last time we lost at Westbury. And um, really, I mean, we've been playing some really good football and I thought we could, go, you know, we could go all the way. And that was my personal opinion. I think what you've seen on the crowds that we've been getting, our, our crowds are, are nearly doubled through the season and they've been watching good football. Yeah, Nate, well, they watched an exciting game at the weekend as well. It was a close affair. How did you see the game? The crowd was magnificent. Um, Again, it was over 700 people here. I know the last time we had 700 people here, there was nothing else around in the West Country at all. There there was games on within the vicinity of Willem Rovers, but people just piled in here, and it was superb to see. And, but the game itself, I mean, anybody in the last eight of, of the FA Vols got to be a good side. And uh, there was two good sides here to, uh, on the day. I mean, it was a difficult pitch to play on. Um, it, it had been muddy and it had been dry, it had started to dry out and it was a bit bumpy. Uh, but um, having said that, the two teams went, went head-to-head and I think... The, the penalty changed the game, I think, and a lot of people have said it wasn't a penalty, but I mean, decisions go for and against you throughout the season, and we can't complain. I mean, they've done their job and went away with a semi-final place. Because it was one all, wasn't it, at the time that they got it that was penalty? One, it was one each, and it was about an hour gone, it was one each. Uh, after that, of course, we, we, we had to pile forward, and then they scored the third one in in over ninety minutes, like you know, ninety ninety plus one, I think it was. But uh, we had a chance, I think, about ten minutes to go on, about eighty minutes, where their goalkeeper brought off a fantastic save, you know. And, and that's that's the way things go, really. Uh, it's um, it was disappointing, but we're, we're, I'm I'm proud of what, what the team had done. I'm proud of what the club has done, you know, uh, to get that far. Absolutely right. Well, now it's all about the league, isn't it? And, I mean, you're sitting on top of the Premier Division um, and you're back to business on Saturday. You've got a game at home to Hallam. We've got a game home to Hallam, but tonight we've got a game away to Cadbury Heath. Um, we go to Cadbury Heath tonight. You know, uh, it's, it's, a, it's a difficult place to go and, and we've not had the best results at Cadbury Heath. We, they've always given us really good games up there but I mean there's going to be a lot of twists and turns I think it, within the league bef- before the end I think we've got 11 or 12 game, league games left you know and, and a lot can happen Well just one final word Mike and that's really um, your thoughts on the supporters and the volunteers who've been such an important part of this uh, this cup yeah. run When it snowed that, that Thursday evening and we, we came to this club on the Friday and we were playing the uh, cup game the, the next day we got it all off we got all the snow off which was hundreds of tons I should think it was about three inches deep we had about 30 odd volunteers here on that day and the following day you know the match went ahead with 700 spectators here which is brilliant but again I, I thought that the semi the, the quarter finals 
we had another seven hundred people, which I didn't think we would get because there was games on within within the district, like and and but we are getting good crowds, and I I just like to thank every everyone that helped us and and the volunteers that helped us steward the seven hundred people that was here. It's brilliant. Well, Mike, thank you very much for your time and thanks for your company over the course of this historic FA Vars run. I'm sure we'll, well be speaking before the end of the season because I think you've got a little bit more history to be made for Will and Rovers this season. Well, I hope we have. I hope we have, Ian. And it's, uh, it's a pleasure to, to, you know, when you're winning, it's a pleasure to be in any football club. And, and at the moment, we are winning um, games. And, and it's only, only disappointing when I was just going out of that cup. But we'll be, we'll be going for the league, anyway. We're still in the we're we're still in the Les Phillips Cup, so well, well, that's the, another cup to go for. Yes, could quite possibly be hit a historic double. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't say that. Yeah, uh, <laughs> you might have to suffer me commentating in the fine. My feet on the ground. And my thanks to Mike for his time. Now we move on to the more mundane matters of the Premier Division. And uh, we start our coverage this week um, with, uh, with Bridgewater Town's impressive victory away at Bridport. Yeah, indeed. Um, Bridgewater uh, doing partic- particularly well at the moment. Uh, and a 2 0 win uh, away at Bridgeport on Saturday afternoon. Uh, the goal came pretty late. I think it was uh, goalless for about an hour. Uh, and then a penalty uh, went in Bridgewater's favour. And Jake Llewellyn, who was, uh, yeah. Scored many a, many a penalty this season. He uh, stepped up once more and gave the visitors the lead. Uh, pretty dependable from the from the spot. Uh, and then with ten minutes left on the clock, uh, Joe Swift uh, managed to add a second. And uh, yeah, that was how it stayed. So Bridgewater move on to sixty points. And uh, yeah, another another three points for them. Two uh, nil win away at Bridport. Well, earlier in the season, I spoke to Dave Pierce, the joint manager of Bridgewater Town, um, about uh, how they were looking forward to this season's campaign. Um, now it's time for the other part of that dynamic duo, Carl Bagley, and I started by asking Carl about their impressive unbeaten run in 2019. Bridport's never an easy place to go to, if I'm honest. And like I say, first half, we weren't quite at our usual best. But like I say, second half, managed to grind out a, a decent... 2-0 win and more pleasing for me was like you say the, the clean sheet really we haven't really kept enough clean sheets over the past 10 weeks or so so no it's pleasing to come away with a clean sheet and the three points obviously um, you're only six points off the top but you have played more than those teams um, above you is it too late for you to be making a push for the title I'm not going to say yes or no really if you know what I mean it's like I've said before our main aim was just to improve on last year as a club, as a team, as everyone really. So the thing that we've got potentially in our favour is that we've got to play each of the top four. So if, like you say, if you take three points off each of them, it will make it an interesting uh, final run into this end of the season, really. I mean, you had three draws over Christmas. How did you, uh, how did you feel about that? Was that disappointing? The draw against Bitten was pleasing because they are probably one of the better teams and probably one of the best teams in the league should I say Bradford away is always always a tough place to go to like I say I know Wayne Fawn quite well I know most of his players if you know what I mean and obviously he's slowly turning a corner around there now which is like I say fair play to him the Wellington game is 
always, always a tough game with regards to Clive and his players. They sometimes seem a, a, a little bit more up for it than us at times, if you know what I mean. And I'm not going to say treat it as a cup final because that's being disres disrespectful and I'm, I'm not that, if you know what I mean. But sometimes, like I say, I think we, we don't really show our true colours when we play Wellington. And obviously, being Christmas and Boxing Day and stuff is it's never the best time to play. Um, as always, Carl, in our conversations, you always sound remarkably relaxed. So, I mean, would it be fair to say you, you, you obviously are doing well in the league, but you, you, you seem that the, the pressure's off Bridgewater Town? To be fair, there was never any pressure on us, if you know what I mean. It's like when me and Dave took over, we obviously have a an expectancy and a plan, and at the moment, everything's above where we wanted to be and it, it, like I say this season was just about finishing as high as we can and winning more than you lose and getting more points than last year scoring more goals than last year conceding less goals than last year so it's just a just a general upscale of last year really well so far so good I mean that begs the question who do you think uh, the pressure is on which one of your managerial brethren um, is going to be feeling it the most you think at the moment don't get me wrong, I know most of the managers in the top four and I don't think anyone's really feeling the pressure. I think the top four teams are there well-deserved, if you know what I mean. Like Willand, I can't knock what Russell and Seeley have done down there. Last year, they were by far the best team we've ever played and, well, not ever played, but played last season, should I say. And this year, they've just obviously gone on leaps and bounds. Obviously, had a quality FA Vars run. And have just continued their success in the league, and like you say, they they will be there thereabouts. Bitten have got a very 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 strong squad, and this year they seem to have kind of like you say stuck together and potentially could be there thereabouts. And then obviously everyone's forgetting about Parkway and the great run that they're on at the moment. I think I don't think there's any pressure on any any of the managers. If you know, I, mean, I don't think anyone would begrudge any of those three going to win the league if I'm honest. And Westbury, like you say, what a great season they've had from promotion last year. Absolutely. Well, let's talk a bit more about you. And um, you've got Shepton Mallet on, on Saturday. That, that won't be an easy game, not least because they'll be looking for revenge on the, uh, on the result that uh, you dished out at their place. Yeah, well, we kind of used that game as revenge for them beating us in the Les Phillips Cup last year. <laughs> <laughs> so... Uh, but no, Shepton, like I say, Shepton are always a good football inside. They're, they're a little bit like us, if you know what I mean. When they're good, they're good. And like I say, when they're bad, they can be bad. And I just think that we caught them on an off day when we played them at their place. We took our chances, whereas they probably didn't, if you know what I mean. But no, every I've said it all season. Every game in this league is a dangerous game. Everyone can beat everyone as... But as, like I say, just speaking about Bridgewater ourselves, we just take each game as it comes and uh, just try and set up every game to get out there and get the win, really. Now, we can't talk about Bridgewater without reflecting on the incredible support that you get, particularly at home, particularly at Fairfax Park. The, the average attendance is somewhere in the region of about 250, so surely that would suggest that Bridgewater Town are very much a southern league club in the, in the making. Oh, that was always one of the main aims. Everyone knows the the fan base that Bridgewater have had over the years and that's from me playing against them for years and years and years the, the, the fan base has already always been there they've had a couple of 
like tough years, if you know what I mean. And when me and Dave took over, it was just about bringing the smile back to the club, the players, the committee, everyone involved in the club, really. So it's, it's, it's been a club thing, and obviously without the supporters, basically, as well, cutting, cutting that one short, the supporters are there as well on away games. I'd like to, I'd like to kind of think that we bring the average up on quite a few home clubs as well with our away following. So it's not just the home following. They do literally travel to uh, all places to come and watch us, which is obviously massively appreciated by myself, Dave and the boys. But to sustain such a level of support throughout the season, I mean, that does all go well for the future, doesn't it? It would suggest that you and Dave are doing things right on the pitch and that people in Bridgewater are happy to come and and watch the side play Western League football, you know, in the hope, I'm sure, for better things in the future. To be fair, the plaudits are on... In, in my opinion, like Dave would back me up on this, the plaudits are on obviously the, the club itself and the players because we do try our hardest at times to get the ball down and play nice, attractive, attacking football. Obviously, sometimes you can't always do that. And so I, I just think that the fans are kind of buying into now what we're trying to do as a club. And like I say, they come along on a Friday evening, Saturday afternoon, Tuesday evening, and. Uh, like I say, support the boys in their hundreds, which is which is really, really supportive, really. Well, there's nothing that fans love more than a goal scorer, and in uh, in Jack Taylor, you've you've got quite a prolific one as well, haven't you? I mean, I don't normally like to uh, sort of I, signal at, single I don't out. Want to talk about it, it's boring. Nah, Jack Jack's one of those, if you know. What I mean, I've I've been around. I'm not going to blow smoke up his, uh, you know what. <laughs> but to be to be fair to him, if you know, what I mean, like if there's. If there's half a chance, then Jack's normally in and around it, if you know what I mean. But then, to be fair, and like I said, if you speak to Jack, Jack will openly admit as well, like, it's all done on the, like I say, some of the hard work and, like, the passing ability and the deliveries of his teammates, really. So, yeah, Jack gets a lot of plaudits, but I know Jack would be the first person to uh, pass the plaudits on to his teammates, if you know what I mean. Um, The fact that you haven't got too many home games now before now in the end of the season. Is that a concern for you? Would you have, um, would you have liked to have had a few more home games? Has, has Fairfax Park been a, a fortress for you? Um, well, don't get me wrong, everyone would prefer to play at home every week, wouldn't they? But to be fair to the fans and stuff, they, they do follow us away as well and I'm, I'm pretty sure on more than one occasion this year that we've outweighed the home fans. If not, so I don't think that that's got much of a part to play in it if you see where I'm coming from. But, yeah, like I say, we, we love a home game. We love a Friday night home game, which I personally think the tool station should try and do a little bit more of. Because, like I say, it does it does bring people out that sometimes work on a Saturday, for instance, can't get their Saturdays off to go watch football. And like I say, I think we've had two this season now, and both attendances have been over the 350. Yeah, I mean, they've been very successful and, and also I think the club have done, you know, you should be congratulated on how well you've promoted them. I mean, I see it on social media, but um, you get the message out there and I think you're obviously very open to bringing in fans who perhaps um, would be limited with the, with the traditional Saturday three o'clock kickoffs. Um, just one final question um, for you, Carl. We can't, um, we, earlier this season we talked to Dave Pearce, um, the, the other joint manager, um, but um, always fascinating when we've got joint managers. Um, I mean, do you? Do, how do the two of you work together? I mean, is there a good cop and a bad cop? <laughs> yeah. It, it just depends on uh, what game. <laughs> you know, I mean, it's normally I'm normally 
bad cop, but Dave, like when he gets his point across, is worst cop if you know what I mean. <laughs> well, <laughs> as, as as I can call it. Yeah, but like I said, it's going really well if you know what I mean. We both bounce off off each other. We've also got obviously Steve Laker as well that lends his experience and opinions if if required, and we've got obviously Taylor Cornish as physio as well that. Uh, like I say, we all we all stand by each other, so it's it's, it's quite a close knit little management group. Obviously, we've got a new management team in place at the reserves now. Where again, close knit. If you know, I mean, we're always in communication with them. So no, it's 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 all good at the moment. And my thanks to Carl for his time. Now, Buckland Athletic. Um, they were at uh, home to high flying Westbury United. Yeah, and Westbury uh, coming unstuck here fourth league defeat of the season for them uh, but we know Buckland uh, a mighty fine side probably a little disappointed this season with uh, yeah I think they're seventh at the moment and probably a little bit off the pace uh, in terms of the, the size of the top but uh, yeah definitely uh, capable of um, denting a few uh, promotion hopes over the, the back end of the season and they've done just that uh, a 1-0 win over Westbury and it, was, and it was a penalty at the end of the first half from uh, Richard Groves which uh, split the sides in this one and uh, yeah gave Buckland the three points and none say um, a very rare defeat for, for Westbury now our next match features Hallen uh, against the seemingly unstoppable Plymouth Parkway mm, a nine match winning run I think it is now for, for the Parkway 4-2 uh, this one ended away, uh, away at Hallen so uh, yeah scoring plenty of goals as well Parkway did fall behind though in this one uh, inside ten minutes um, uh, but then Jordan Anir and uh, Ryan Lane managed to get them back ahead uh, before the break so they led 2-1 at half time uh, Hallam then uh, equalising through Daryl Charman so it wasn't, a, wasn't an easy afternoon for Parkway but they did uh, yeah, manage to run out of victors in the end uh, two goals in the final 15 minutes uh, Mike Williams uh, and then Shane Crack scoring uh, yeah, pretty late on and uh, yeah, Parkway picking up a, as I say a ninth successive league victory uh, Well, um, Bitten they had a tricky tie away to Shepton Mallet but they came through it yeah, indeed. Uh, another side doing really, really well. Uh, they did, and another side just like Parkway fell behind pretty early on. A goal in the eighth minute from James Billing giving Shepton an early lead, uh, but Bitten managed to, to hit back and uh, yeah, actually led three-one at the break. Obviously, that was out of state. Three goals uh, towards the end of the first half. Uh, it was uh, Joe McLennan, uh, Asa Corrick, uh, and that all come after a, an equaliser from Kane Ingram, a, a pretty fine free kick. I think there is put uh, John. On social media, so people might be able to pick that one out. And uh, yeah, and, uh, so that extends uh, their winning run uh, to 10 matches in all competitions. So, Bitten just like Parkway doing uh, exceedingly well at the moment, yeah. And finally, in the Premier Division, Shortwood United still searching for that first win of the season. Uh, we did wonder on last week's podcast whether it would come against another side that finds themselves at the b- foot of the Premier Division table, Hengrove Athletic. But um, plenty of goals in this one, and um, well, H- Hengrove managed to take away all three points. <laughs> they did. I mean, it seems like Shortwood were very much a, a first half side, um, leading leading two 0 uh, in this one. So yeah, as you say, it looked like they might have. Uh, might have managed to get that elusive three points, uh, but six minutes into this one, they were already two goals ahead. Uh, Renders Cowlins obviously scoring every week just to, to make my life difficult, and then Lee Bell, um, yeah, each scoring really early on. And uh, yeah, as I say, looked like Shortwood would uh, finally get that victory. But Hengrove, uh, all credit to them, obviously 19th in the table, just ahead of Shortwood, uh, and they managed to, to turn it all around after the break. Jack Fillingham scoring twice. He's having a pretty good season for them, considering their. 
uh, low league position. And there was also a goal uh, from Mark Sear. I think he scored the, the equaliser uh, before Fillingham's winner uh, 10 minutes from time. So, uh, short with heart broken again, but uh, yeah, Hengrove picking up a, a crucial three points uh, and a 3 2 victory for them. Boss, we need some supplies for tomorrow. Oh, what's that? It's the helping hand from Toolstation. But it's a... Uh... A hand, yes. It's showing me around the Toolstation website. Nice. Yeah. I've selected paints, cables, sealant and plumbing fittings. I can check up to the minute stock, hit this button, thanks hand, and it's ready to collect in 20 minutes. So get the van. Can't the hand? It can't reach the pedals. Fair enough. Click and collect. Another helping hand from Toolstation. Your best mate for the job. Now, in the first division, and we kick off with Bishop's Lydiard. They were at home to high-flying Canesham Town. Yeah, indeed. Um, I think, yeah, obviously with Cheddar, Cheddar not playing this weekend, it was pretty vital that uh, Canesham managed to, to get the three points and uh, move ahead of them, uh, in fact, and that's, that's exactly what they did, but it wasn't easy. Uh, 13 minutes from time, there was one goal in this one, uh, and it came from Craig Wilson. Uh, unfortunately for, for Canesham, uh, they lost... Uh, a new signing, Jake Miller, to a, a pretty bad um, injury at the end of end of the, the game. I think it's been confirmed that he, yeah, done some done some pretty bad damage. So, uh, best wishes to him, and uh, yeah, hopefully the uh, the team can push on and and, and gain points um, in in his, in his absence. But yeah, uh, but uh, at the end of the day, uh, uh, a vital three points for them. And yeah, as I say, wish all the best to, to Jake. Yeah, I think that um, that Jake. Miller injury was a was a has been confirmed as a double leg break, isn't it? And um, I think he's well. Certainly, when I last saw on social media, he was um, uh, waiting for an operation at um, Musgrove Park Hospital. So I think all of our thoughts and probably all of the thoughts of the listeners are as well as well are with Jake. We hope he makes a speedy recovery and uh, and gets back and playing football as quickly as possible. Uh, now, Chard Town, they were at home to Bristol Telephones, and this one certainly didn't go with a form guide. <laughs> no, indeed. Uh, well, probably one of the most surprising results of the season, and uh, all credit to the Telephones. 2-1 victory uh, away at Chard, and uh, all, all the goals, all three of them coming in the final ten minutes of this one, so, uh, yeah, pretty pretty frantic ending uh, to this one. And the phones, like you say about the form guide, I mean, they've shown, they've shown signs of improvement pretty, pretty recently, and, uh, yeah, managed to... To turn this one in their favour, Karen Randall and then Ethan McMahon, he seems to be uh, among the goals quite a lot recently. Uh, they managed to, to both score uh, in pretty quick succession uh, to give the, the visitors a two-goal lead. Uh, Kieran Bailey managed to, to get one back for the charge, obviously set up in fourth, so they would have been yeah, looking at the table, expecting to win this one pretty pretty handsomely uh, against the bottom side. Uh, but yeah, as I say, Bailey did score six minutes in time, but they were unable to force so many equaliser and uh, yeah, the telephones get another three points and uh, it's, yeah obviously going to help their uh, relegation uh, battle out very, very, very much. Uh, now, moving on to my hometown, Patch of Devizes Town. They were at home to Sherbourne Town, and it was a hard day at the office for Devizes. Yeah, indeed. And Sherbourne, a little bit like Telephones, uh, turned it round uh, lately. Uh, three wins from five for them now. Uh, and another, another defeat for, for Devizes at home, unfortunately. Uh, Ash Clark and Talfeet Bentolem uh, helping the, uh, the visitors to a 2-1 lead at the break. Uh, that was after Luke Enderby had uh, scored for Devizes. Uh, and then the only goal in the second half, uh, Scott Martin of Sherbourne. So, uh, yeah, a 3-1 victory for them. And, uh, yeah, they're up to 13th now. I think they were uh, 19th not so long ago, if uh, memory serves correct. So they've, yeah, had a real good turnaround of, of, of late and uh, not a great time for Devizes to, to catch Sherbourne. They're in, uh, yeah, really good form. 
Now, moving on to Warminster Town against Carn Town. This is a this is a, a Wiltshire derby, and um, well, it was a result that, in fairness, I, I didn't necessarily anticipate at the start of proceedings. No, I don't think so. I think Carn, uh, another side towards the top, who've uh, yeah got a lot of points uh, at the start of the season, but potentially uh, yeah struggling a little bit of, of recent times. They did go ahead. Uh, another side who went ahead early, uh, Rory Worthington, uh, in the tenth minute. Uh, but then, yeah, came on the start of Warminster, another side, uh, scoring a fair few goals at the moment. I think they scored five against from Canton the other week. And, uh, yeah, another three for them on Saturday afternoon. Uh, goals from Conor McKay, uh, George Butler and Jack Millick. Um, uh, yeah, handing handing Calm, um, I think that's their fifth match without a win now in a row. So, uh, somehow they still remain in third. So obviously, there's nobody, nobody catching them at the moment. They're still doing, having a great season. But, uh, yeah, bit of a bit of a poor run at the moment. But for Warminster... Uh, another home win, and uh, yeah, really, really good things going on there as well. I think. Yeah, normally the first division is a division where we say anyone can beat anybody, but it feels yeah. like it's at the moment everyone's losing to everybody, <laughs> doesn't it? Really? Um, I mean, the other notable thing about that match was 123 there. That was the yeah. biggest um, attendance in the first division. So our our collective hats off to Warminster for that. You'll always get a warm welcome at Warminster. I had a very pleasant um, afternoon there. Lovely little ground. Um, very nice facilities, so um, well done them. And uh, moving on to Well City, they've been in. They well, they had been in a purple patch of form of late, but and they came up against a team that in Radstock Town have definitively not been in a purple patch of form. But um, again, as we know, any team can lose to any other, and uh, Well City have gone on and proved that yet again. Yeah, I think we're making predictions. Uh, potentially, we don't don't want to be looking at the league tables because it seems like the teams. Uh, towards the bottom, uh, beating the teams towards the top. I don't know if they've got potentially more to play for. Maybe it's something like that. Obviously, we're yeah, nearing March, so it's a business business end of the the, the season coming soon. And uh, yeah, a three 0 win for Radstock away at Wells. I don't think anyone would have particularly uh, predicted that. I mean, maybe a, a Radstock point or a sneak a goal by a victory by one goal. But uh, a three 0 win for them. James Russell scoring twice uh, for the away side, and there was also a goal for. Sean Derrick. So yeah, uh, a brilliant result for Radstock. Uh, defeat would have probably uh, yeah would have uh, would have seen them uh, level on points with telephones at the bottom. So they've now created a little bit of a uh, well maintain their three point buffer. And uh, yeah, a really important win for them. They're up to up to 18th. Well, I'm delighted to welcome back to the Toolstation Western League podcast Brett Partner, the manager of Radstock Town. Brett, thanks very much for taking the time. Um, to uh, to speak to us. Uh, um, we'll talk about last night's game at Ashton and Batwell in a minute, but I, I wanted to start by talking about that excellent result you had at Wells on Saturday. They'd yep. been in a very good run of form. Um, did you believe you could get something from that game? Yes, in a way. I thought, you know, going to Wales away, I was looking at it and thinking, you know, I'll be happy with a draw, but look at the squad um, at the moment. We've had quite a few players missing for a number of weeks and months. And now we're starting to get our players back. And um, against Wales, we had about three or four of our, our main players back, which I was quite confident would get something out of the game. But um, really impressed with the performance. Um, and the, the results showed, really. You know, we, we were consistent. We, we didn't make any mistakes. And uh, we were quite clinical in front of goal, which was, was really positive, considering the games we have played up to then. We've, we've been playing really well, you know, we've been, um, some games we've been dominating, you know, creating chance after chance after chance, it just hasn't been falling for us already and um, I'm really pleased we got the 3-0 win. 
Um, you've been in good form of late, although um, obviously you, you, you unfortunately lost 1-0 um, last night. I mean, 1-0 seems to be the hardest scoreline in some respects, doesn't it? Because you also lost um, the weekend before last to Canesham. Now, of course, they're doing incredibly well at the top of the table, but, um, I mean, that just goes to show that there can't have been much in it in that game either. It's funny, you know, you look at results from around the league and go, oh, yeah, they lost again, lost again, but... You- in a way, you have to be there to watch our performances. The the, the managers we play against, so the Keynesian manager and uh, Ashton Backwell last night, uh, really complimentary of our team. Um, Ashton Backwell last night said we were one of the best teams that have come to, to their ground and played football. Uh, we had a guy from the uh, FA watching last night as well and said it's a really good thing you're trying to do with Radstock. You know, you, you're getting to play football and you are... I think you're just unlucky in a way. We're creating chances and not taking them. But against Canesham, again, it suited us because it's on 3G. And the way we want to play, which is is get the ball on the floor, it's attacking football. You know, we try and get forward as much as we can uh, and dominate games, which we are doing. But again, it's just not quite happening just in, in front of goal. But like I say, the Canesham and Ashton Blackwell managers, really good feedback from them, um, which is positive uh, for myself, you know, trying to get a team that were so negative when I first took over and very low on confidence to now getting a young side that can play football and actually believe they can get something from games and like you see that our results if you look most of our results have lost by the odd goal instead of before I took over it was it was four it was five nils it's a step in the right direction it's it's not obviously what I want losing wise but it'd be nice to get a few more points on the board I've always said going into next season is where we really want to kick off it's a bit of a uh, consolidation this year and then next year is where we really head off with and the players at the moment are showing good football and the football I want to play you know regardless of the result results can be changed for next year but to get a team to play football the way we're doing is very hard to do and I'm just really impressed by my, my players of what they're doing. Having played Canesham so recently what, what did you make of them as an outfit I mean do you think they're looking good for the title? I, I tip them to probably be top or near abouts. I think they're a very well-run team, very organised. Um, I was on a chat with the managers after the game and I was just really complimentary of how they set up for the game. On their 3G, it's obviously they must train on there and they, I don't know how many times they train a week, but you could really tell they're, they're very organised and they know how they want to play, which Radstock want, we want to do as well. You know, Obviously, with the pre-season, we can do that. They're a team that have probably been together for quite a while, and I just I really think they will probably win the league. Well, the interesting thing is that you've got Cheddar coming up on March the twelfth, so you could have yeah. quite a say in the title race, couldn't you? Can do, and I think with you know, I think a few a few months ago we we, we played Carl and we had nine first teamers unavailable due to injury and, and been away working. Which again, any manager will say you're missing nine of your starting eleven. Uh, starting eleven, it's it's impossible to get a really good result. You know, you call on players who are not ready for first team from the under 18s or and so on, and you're playing like like Khan who are playing well at the moment. You know, realistically, I think we can get something from that Cheddar game. I think with our players that are coming back into the squad, you know, we've got the likes of Sam Gregory's back, we've got the Morgan Skips back, Liam Watson's. Um, you know, some people might not know who they are, but they are very top players. And if we can start getting them to play, we will start seeing results change. It's just getting the consistency in the whole squad and getting them playing week in, week out. 
Now, you're not the only team that's doing well at the bottom of the table at the moment. It's quite interesting. It's sort of concertinaed together at the moment down there. I mean, you're, is, in, yeah. you're in 18th, um, which is obviously not where you'd like to be. But even teams below you, like Bristol Telephones, they've started to win as well. So is, is, uh, is, is, that, is, that, is it squeaky bum time? In a way, but I'm not panicking. Because I, I know I have the confidence in my squad to do the job. I know we're going to finish higher than we are at the moment. You know, that might be a bit naive of me, but I see him in training. I see him every game, and I see what the opposition and results and other teams. I think we'll be okay. You know, it, you could say it could be squeaky bum time, but I am conf- I'm very confident we'll be okay, you know, look, regardless of other results. But I always say to my team, don't worry about any other results going around. You focus on the job that needs to be done. And that's the game that's coming up next, and you've got to get your three points. Well, I mean, it's still very much in your hands, so I mean, you, you've it got is, to take yeah. a great deal of confidence from that. But um, looking ahead to Saturday, it's Oldland Abertonians away, and that won't be mm-hmm. easy, will it? It's a bit of a hit and miss ground there. Uh, they are a hard team, and they they are a physical team. Um, technically, not really too sure. Talking to some of the manager there, they're a bit hit and miss at the moment. So. You never know what you're going to get with Oldlands. With the players that are coming back in and getting a settled squad with us and the way we're playing, I am confident. But again, it's a game of football. Anything can happen. But I know we'll be right up for the game and uh, we'll take it to Oldland. I appreciate that you're, you know, relatively um, speaking, a, a, you know, a, a sort of a younger manager. You have obviously been in and around the league, um, the first division in particular, for a while. And yeah. I think the first division... Perhaps is um, uh, the, the quality in the first division. Ha- there's been more of a noticeable gulf between the sort of the top of the, the top teams in the table and, and the bottom mm-hmm. teams. But but perhaps with recent results, I wonder whether we're seeing actually an indication that there is a strengthening in quality all the way through the first division. Is this the, is this as strong as first division as as, as you've known it? It's funny because I was talking to someone uh, the other week about this. I I thought the Western League. When I first started as a player, I thought the, the Western League quality was really, really good. And I thought it dropped off a little bit. But actually, this season, the quality, I think, started to come back, like you see in the results now. And now it's a league where anyone can beat anyone on the day, regardless if you're at the top or at the bottom. And results have shown that this year. And, and that, like you said, that proves in, I think, teams are getting more quality players. I don't know if that's players coming down from a level, wanting to play regularly or... Or, or the coaching around is, is getting better. or um, Because one thing for me, I think players' commitment over the last five years, I, I don't think's been up to standard from when I first started. Um, but I think starting it's starting to change a little bit, which is really good for, for all teams. And I think that's shown in results as well. So if players can keep consistently playing and being available all the time, again, you see these results happening, you know, bottom teams beating top teams. Brett, thanks ever such a lot um, for your time today and uh, all the best of luck for the rest of the season. Thank you very much, Ian. And um, finally, in the first division, uh, Welton Rovers, uh, they were at home to Longwell Green Sports. Yeah, another really good win for Longwell Green, another one of these teams that have turned it around since, uh, since the new year, really. Uh, Courtney Charles and Luke Bryan helping them. Uh, yeah, pretty pretty strong run from them at the moment. A 2-0 win uh, away at Welton, uh, up into eight. Um, yeah, and uh, I think they're yeah, worthy of a shout-out, and they're doing pretty well at the moment. Well, that concludes our round-up of the week's action. So all that remains for us to do is have a look ahead um, to the week um, 
up and coming. And a um, few games in midweek um, on um, Tuesday the 26th and Wednesday the 27th of February. Again, depending on when you listen to the podcast, these games may have already happened. The only um, game I think it's probably worth us mentioning in particular is the Les Phillips Cup second round match between Brislington and Buckland, which is taking place on Tuesday the 26th of February. But um, moving on to Saturday the 2nd of March, um, what game tickles your fancy there, Tom? Yeah, Plumper, uh, Bridgewater versus Shepton uh, in the Premier Division. Shepton, yeah, you wouldn't say they're in great form at the moment, but away from home, a uh, couple of couple of good results of recent time, and they just they, they strike me as a as a team that can uh, yeah cause a surprise. I mean, most of the, the shock results are probably occurring in the uh, in the um, in the first division, as we know. Uh, but yeah, I think they lost five one to Bridgewater earlier in the season, so a little bit of a revenge potentially uh, going away from home and. Maybe hoping to derail uh, Bridgewater's uh, good run. I think I'm going to go for Hengrove against Cribs. Um, Hengrove have um, have been in better form of late. They're at home, so they'll be looking to improve upon on that. But um, Cribs aren't in um, aren't in bad form themselves of late. They've won the, um, they've won three of the last four, in fact. So, uh, but they are the visitors to Paprika Park, so they will have their work cut out, I'm sure. Um, if they are going to uh, to take all three points, uh, it'll be very interesting to see how um, how well Hengrove do perform in uh, in that game. Uh, moving on to the first division, Tom, and what have you gone for down there? I've gone for Warminster Cheddar. So Warminster at home, uh, we know things are going pretty well off the pitch. Obviously, you mentioned the, the big crowd on the weekend, and there's a bit of a derby feel to that one. But yeah, welcoming uh, Cheddar, obviously, toward the top of the table. Uh, Cheddar having a midweek game as well coming up on on Tuesday evening, I think. So they potentially a little bit more, um, a little bit more in the legs than the Warminster boys will have a week off. And uh, yeah, Warminster scoring a fair few goals at the moment. So I don't think that'll be a, a particularly comfortable afternoon for, for the Cheddar side. Now, under different circumstances, I might have gone for Chard against Ashton and Backwell, but at the moment, Chard's um, recent form reads like a bit of a. Horror, horror show, um, and Ashton and Backwell are in pretty good form. So, I mean, the form guide alone would suggest that Ashton and Backwell might well be the favourites there. But um, I'm going to plant for Longwell Green and Corsham Town, um, two sides that um, we sort of keep a bit of an eye on on the podcast. Corsham have been going quite well. And Longwell Green, not too badly at all either. Both of those sides have won three in the last six. Um, so um, evenly matched, I would argue, going into the weekend's fixtures. It'd be interesting to see who comes out on top there. And uh, it's well, I wouldn't. I don't know if it's a first. It's probably not a first, including the um, if you include the ground hop, Tom. But we've got a Sunday match. Yeah, I think we've had a had a couple potentially outside the ground hop, but yeah, it's pretty rare. Uh, Chippenham Park uh, hosting Bishop's Lydia. That's a two o'clock kickoff, I believe. I think you probably want to check that close to the time. But uh, from a week out, that was what it was. Uh, yeah. What it's mentioned as the two o'clock kickoff, Chippenham Park versus uh, Bishop's Lydia, and that'll be at Harden Jewish Park on Sunday. So yeah, potentially uh, a few uh, a few fans who yeah maybe looking for something to do on Sunday afternoon. Yeah, pop over to Harden Jewish Park and you get some uh, first division football down there. Excellent stuff. And that 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 kickoff again. That's a two o'clock kickoff, isn't it? I believe so. Yeah, I think we'll probably as I say want to check for for, uh, for confirmation. But that's yeah, that's how I've seen it on the uh, on the on the Western website. Yeah. Excellent. Well, we did the goal scorers last week, so we'll have a quick look at the uh, the, pre- uh, the the league tables, and um, both of them are really hotting up, aren't they now? Yeah, absolutely fascinating stuff. I mean, yeah, Premier Division. Uh, Willand obviously uh, had a couple of Saturdays where they've been playing 
playing cup football, so the uh, the chasing pack have definitely uh, gathered behind them. And as, as yeah, anyone who's looking at the tables, uh, you can see it's definitely tightened up. So Willem's still top, 26 games played. Uh, a recent defeat, of course, in the league. Uh, they're on 66 points, so they still lead the way. Uh, but you then got bitten. Game in hand, 25 games played. They're on 65, so they're only a point behind. You then got Parkway, terrific form, 26 games, the same as Will and they're on 63, so just three behind. And then you've also got Westbury on 63 points as well. They've played 27, so they've played one more than uh, Parkway and Willand. So those four within three points of each other at top. And then Bridgewater, still very much in the shell uh, for top spot. They've played 28, so they've played, uh, yeah, they've played the most out of the, uh, the promotion hopefuls. They've got 60 points, but if they can, uh, yeah... Oh, well, we know they're capable of putting a run together. Uh, still 10 games left for them in the league this season. So, yeah, I don't know, 27-odd points. If they can, yeah, win eight or nine of those, they're going to be well within a shout. So, yeah, really, really fascinating stuff at the top of the, the Premier Division. Now, for most of the podcast this season, we've been talking about how the bottom of the Premier Division is a bit more cut and dried, certainly than the top. And um, Shortwood still propping up the rest um, with only three points after their 28 games. Hengrove, however, do appear to be mounting something of a great escape. They've played 27 and they've got 15 points. Now, that is six points fewer than Roman Glass St George, who are ahead of them. Um, but they have a game in hand. Roman Glass have played 28. They're on 21 points. And only three points above Roman Glass of Brislington have played 28 and they've got 24 points. So there might be light at the end of the tunnel for Hengrove, albeit dim and distant, um, but there is a possibility that if the sides above them don't improve in their form and Hengrove continue to pick up points, that come the, uh, the final knockings, we could be in for something exciting at the bottom of the table. The, uh, well, we'll now move on to the top of the first division. Things are slightly more cut and dried here at the moment, Tom. Yeah, indeed. So we've still got those two teams, uh, Canesham and Cheddar, battling it out for the top spot. Uh, Canesham now have played 27, uh, and they're on 65 points. So they lead the way. They've jumped uh, jumped over Cheddar this weekend, but they have played 27, that's 65 points, let's say. Cheddar, 63 points, so two behind, but they have two games in hand. Uh, so, yeah, a little bit of uh, little bit of movement still to still due to take place there between those sides. And then we have a real log jam just below them. Uh, Carl, 28 games they've played, uh, they've played, and they've got 49 points. Chard, 27 games played, they've got 49 points. Those two seem to have, yeah... Uh, hit the buffers a little bit recently, struggling to, to get into that 50-point uh, mark. Uh, we then got Caution, played 27, they're on 47, and Ashton and Backwell, uh, they played 26, they're on 47, and then you've still you've got the likes of Wells on 46 points, and Longwell Green, uh, yeah, on 44. So the battle to come third, definitely, uh, yeah, definitely a, a fascinating race, and quite a lot of those teams seem to be uh, losing. I think the last couple of weekends we've had sort of one or two members of the top seven uh, winning and the rest all losing, so it's, uh, yeah, absolutely fascinating stuff. Uh, just below Kingston and Cheddar at the top of the first division. Well, the bottom of the first division is everybody's congested. Um, we've got eight points separating Sherbourne in 13th from Bristol Telephones in 20th. Um, Bristol Telephones play 27, they're on 20 points. Um, a game in hand above them poured his head, uh, played 26, 21 points, and then just above them, Radstock, of course, who won at the weekend. Played 26, they're on 23 points, so only three points off the bottom. Uh, Chippenham Park, just above Redstock, played 27, they're on 25 points, the same number of points as Bishops Lydiard. 
And then you've got three um, three teams, Sherborne, Bishop Sutton and Oldland Abertonians all on 28 points. So that just goes to show how congested it is. We've still got plenty of games left to play in both divisions, of course. So um, everything to play for um, in, uh, uh, in that sort of relegation race at the foot of the first division. There we go. Now, we have been reviewing your excellent um, bulletin, Tom. Um, where can the listeners find that? So, yeah, best place will be on the uh, Tool Legal website. Uh, there's a tab along the top uh, where you can yeah, click on and find the letters one. It's also downloadable uh, on the home page, just uh, about halfway down. And, uh, yeah, that will be up on uh, Sunday afternoon, generally, obviously a little bit, potentially a little bit later this one this week, just so we can cover the uh, Chippenham Park Lydiard game, which, uh, as we just looked at the table, is a, is a very vital one uh, toward the bottom of the, the first division. So, yeah, that will be, be out probably early Sunday evening uh, next week. And of course, the the listeners can read your excellent words in uh, in the non-league paper. Yeah, that should be in the usual step five and six sections. Looking back on the uh, yeah the recent uh, Premier Division matches, so yeah, obviously plenty going on. So uh, yeah, get that a read if you can. Excellent stuff. Well, thank you very much for your time. Welcome. And uh, I look forward to catching up with you on next week's Tool Station Western League.